All right. Well, today our topic is tolerance and the revolution. We've been discussing the French Revolution and the revolutionary spirit which swept the West post-enlightenment. We saw that it was really a rebirth of Greco-humanistic ideals, very Platonic, which means from Plato. Um, we saw a little bit about their view of private property and the redistribution of wealth through the engine of envy. We discussed the difference between the revolution and the war for independence. One was a conservative movement. The other was a progressive, um, socialistic, satanic movement. We saw how the, the General Assembly in the French Revolution had two sides. Remember the names of the two sides of the General Assembly in the French Revolution? The right wing and the left wing. Sound familiar? Even still to this day, the right wing, typically in our country, is more like a slower version of the French revolutionary ideals. We talked about that. And the left wing is a faster version. One has the pedal to the metal, and the other one moves, you know, at a cautionary pace. But what we want to be is restore Burkean conservatism. And of course, I didn't make you read Edmund Burke's book, but if you ever wanted to one day when you're in college or something, that's where you can get almost everything I'm talking about here from Burke's book. We want to restore Burkean conservatism, which uh, is biblically based and denies the fundamentals of the revolution. You remember some of the fundamentals of the revolution? Androgyny of all things, envy, a... Uh, disconnection with reality. Those are some of the things. That was in our earlier lectures. Today I want to talk about the idea of tolerance. Tolerance. Because in the French Revolution, one of their sermons, one of their ideals, was that we should tolerate. We should be tolerant. Sound familiar? You may have heard this phrase used today. Anybody? It's going to, yeah, a little bit. I know you're typing fast there. What are some of the things we're supposed to tolerate in society today? Um, LGBTQ, the Lugabata. That's right. <clears throat> you are not allowed to speak or to jest or to say the name of they who shall not be named, the Lugabata. Lest you be accused of hate speech, a.k.a. blasphemy codes. That's right. We are to tolerate the Lugabata. We are to tolerate people who are, quote, different from us. How many cartoons is the moral of the story? Tolerate them even though they're different than us. I mean, the... Uh, Muppet Babies? Every single one of them. Poor old Gonzo. He lives a life of trauma because the systemically oppressive society of the Muppets wouldn't include him. And rig the system to oppress poor Gonzo with his big purple nose. Finally, Gonzo has come out as, you know what? Gay. Gay. That's right. Oh, Gonzo. My goodness. My goodness. We're supposed to tolerate um, drag queens twerking on little children at the library. We're supposed to tolerate everyone that's, quote, different from us. I, I uh, sat down and watched the last 10 minutes of Where the Craw Dads, or Where the Craw Dads Come From. What's the name they of the movie? Where the Craw Dads Sing, which is a whole movie that is basically about a town of uh, white 
unjust Christians oppressing this little marsh girl because she's different than them. They're scared of the different. They have phobias. They are xenophobic. And the meta-narrative of all of this, the, the subtext, I should say, is that we should be tolerant of Lugavata. That's really the message of all of these films and movies and Hollywood and cartoons. It's even gotten to the point where someone can say to you, I am not a man, although I have all of the aspects of a man. In my heart, I am a woman. And what are you to do? You are to tolerate it. Not only tolerate it, but now it is moved to the next level of the revolution. You are to celebrate it. And if you refuse to tolerate and or celebrate, you will be put in a re-education camp called government school. Right? That's what they call it now, where you will learn to properly adhere to the laws and the terms and conditions of the secular covenant. That's right. Of the demon god Molech, which is, would be a biblical way of saying it. So anyway, a lot of rabbit trails here, but I think, I think you're coming to see that um, one of the aspects of the revolution is this faux idea of toleration, right? What are some of the things you should tolerate, though? There's some things you should tolerate. Anyone? Shouldn't you tolerate the weaknesses in others? No. I mean, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't you tolerate the speck in your brother's eye, especially when you know how many sins you have, right? Shouldn't you be patient and, and, and tolerant with the weakness of the flesh, especially of little children? You know, they have spills. They make accidents. You know, that's something to be tolerated. We should tolerate children in church. That's another one. It can be difficult, but the kingdom belongs to them, right? We should tolerate our neighbors and tolerate our friends. We should be patient and kind. And love covers a multitude of sins. In fact, the idea of tolerance comes from the Bible itself. But we should not tolerate error, falsehood, evil, etc., right? right? So the question is not whether, but which. It's not whether you tolerate. It's what precisely do you tolerate? Right now, in today's society, if you don't tolerate the things you're supposed to tolerate, if you don't follow the 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 prescribed progressive laws, you will be called intolerant. You will be called judgmental, condemning, unkind, etc. And all of this, as you well know, goes back to the French Revolution. Um, not ultimately, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. But it bottlenecks through the French Revolution, at least for our history, for Western history. And in fact, in the French Revolution, the, the accusation of intolerance was uh, very popular. But do you think the revolutionaries were tolerant of religion? What do you think? Well, they were tolerant of some religions, but not the only true and exclusive religion. That's right. That's right. They were atheists. They were humanists, as you well know. They tried to change the, the calendar, in fact. They changed the work, work week to a four-day work week, if I remember correctly. The Bolsheviks in the Soviet Revolution changed it to a 10-day work week, workaholics. Uh, the French, of course, they love their food and their cuisine, and it sure is delicious. They, didn't, they went the other way. They changed it to a four-day work week. That's a lot more weekends, right? <laughs> but why couldn't it remain a seven-day work week? Because that comes from 
You know who? The one they hate the most. That's right. They were revolutionaries against God, and, and they were reordering all of society to this new atheistic, humanistic religion. Yes, Benjamin. So on my notes, when I tried to put LGBTQ+, plus, mm-hmm. it did a typo and said LGBTQ2+. Plus. Interesting. I'm not sure what that means, but it's uh, they're updating it every single day because unlike the law of God, the law of man is ever-changing and ever-fluid. So let's get back to it. <clears throat> um, the revolution, of course, um, tolerated everyone but the Christians, and they eventually prosecuted anyone who blasphemed the religion of man, blasphemed the goddess of human reason. You'll remember from our other lecture that they confiscated the Notre Dame Cathedral and dedicated it with a satanic seance to the goddess of human reason. You see, uh, you know, they were up to something, weren't they? Um, They stole the church lands, under the, justify, under the justification that the church was intolerant. What we would call today is something like hate speech. Of course, there's speech that's hateful, but turning hate speech into a legal code is a reincarnation of blasphemy codes. And uh, not biblical ones, but the new religion's codes. They stole the church lands, they redistributed the church lands, and anyone in the church was painted as intolerant. Ironically... It's ironic because Christianity is the one that came up with the idea of tolerance. You think the Vikings tolerated people who were, quote, different than them? No. No, they them. <laughs> no not at all. That's, you know, do you think the, the uh, Attila the Hun was like, oh, you're different than me. We should tolerate those who are different than us. No, that's obviously not. He didn't grow up watching Disney. That's right. There was no toleration. The very concept of toleration comes from Christ. Who, uh, who, who teaches it. Not to tolerate sin, but of course to tolerate repentant sinners, to re- tolerate immature Christians, to tolerate weaker brothers. You know, there's a plenty of things we got to work with. And we're not perfectionists. It's all about trajection, right? It's all about direction, not perfection. And so, ironically, they stole that idea from the church, twisted it on its head, and turned it against God. But here, and this is what, something I really want you to understand. They didn't shut down all the churches. Mm-mm-mm. No, they had state-approved churches. They had churches that received the funding, that towed the line, that were accredited, meaning they spoke the same creed as the state. They had their Rousseauian churches. Remember what Rousseau said about churches? That they should teach the people to do what? Obey the the state. And any church that teaches that they're the only exclusive way should be banished or exiled. They followed Rousseau's model quite, quite closely. And so they kept some churches, accredited churches. What would we call those churches? Blasphemous churches. Blasphemous synagogues of Satan, apostate churches, compromisers, sellouts. Do you think we have that same dynamic going on today? where the government is happy to puff certain denominations and certain church establishments, as long as they toot the horn of the state, whereas they suppress and persecute those churches that do not toot the horn of the state. You think we have that dynamic going on today? Yeah. Oh, we definitely do. Uh, COVID really was clarifying on that because there were many pastors who went to prison, many churches that were shut down, intimidated, and persecuted. 
Um, even in Baton Rouge, there was a pastor who was unjustly persecuted and imprisoned. Later, he was acquitted of all charges. But that's the sort of thing that uh, happens in our society today. You have to toe the line. You have to um, align with the status quo. You have to repeat the mantra. Right? If the world's saying, Heil Hitler, then you say it too, or else they shut you down. Tolerance. <clears throat> they are the most intolerant preachers of tolerance. Some people call them the totalitarians, the intolitarians. I can't think of it, but it's a mixture of the word totalitarian with intolerance. The intoleristas, <laughs> which gives it a Latin American communist uh, slant to it. But here's the thing that you need to consider. Even though they let some of the churches, the compromising churches, stay open, eventually, guess what they did? They shut those down too. See, because they're atheists. They're pragmatists. You know, you can't shut down all the churches. You know, you need to have the, the quote-unquote stamp of approval from the quote-unquote church for a season. But once you have the power, the socialists, the revolutionaries shut down all the churches. And uh, so at the end of the day, these compromising churches think that they will um, get to keep their paychecks, but they get loaded into the cattle cars too, eventually. This always happens. This happened in, in Nazi Germany under that revolution, in the Bolsheviks, happened there. Um, anywhere that this revolutionary spirit emerged, the churches all eventually get loaded into the, the cattle cars. So the best thing to do is die without compromising, right? <clears throat> now... What if we were to make our own society today? What if we were in charge of, we are making our own society. That's what we're doing as Christians. But um, what if we were in charge of the one that we were born into? Like, would we tolerate other religions? Yeah, to an extent. Some of you say yes, some of you say no. To an extent. It's hard to know, you know, it's a very hard, hard question. What do you think, Anybody? Any thoughts on it? Like, what if a, a, a Muslim community wanted to build a mosque? Would you let them build the mosque? No? No? Would you let them build it in the center of town? No. No, no. Maybe, like, maybe put them, like, on a reservation outside of town, like a special designated spot for false gods. That's where you can worship. No, not even that, Jackson? Just exile them totally. It's a big question. It's a hard question. And, uh, and I promise you, I certainly don't have the answer to it. I, I, would need to do, I would need to do a lot more growing and studying to be able to answer this perfectly. I do know that in Muslim countries, they let Christians build churches on little reservations outside of town. That's right. They designate like a little, a little acreage, and all the churches build their church right there on that little spot. You go there, and it's like all the denominations on one block. And that's like your safe space. And uh, if you try to do any proselytizing or influencing or opening your mouth in the public, <coughs> you'll be run out of town or murdered. There's that. Um, but think about it today. Like, are secularists and the revolutionary progressives, are they happy with Christians in our country? Do they want us to build churches? Mm, not particularly. If they had the power, would they let us? No. No, no, no. no. But... but Aren't there some Christians that they don't ever say nothing to? Right? <coughs> What's the difference? 
Well, they're not real. Because why? Why aren't they real? Because they're not saying anything. They're tolerating sin. That's right. If you tolerate what they call you to tolerate, and you don't speak up, they will leave you alone. But if you try to build a church in public, so to speak, if you try to go public, so to speak, that's when you will be run out of town. You see what I just said? They don't have the power to do it so blatantly as the Muslims. Like the Muslims literally put you on a piece of land out of town. The secularists usually just have to publicly shame you and ostracize you publicly, like on social media or censure you or bring down certain uh, fines and things on, on you. They don't usually have the power to, uh, to literally do it like the Muslims do in Muslim countries, but they would if they could. That's right. I, th- I think that does at least go to show us that only one God can be in charge. I think that's important. I mean, think about it. What's the first commandment? Benjamin, you paying attention? What's the first commandment? Have no other gods before me. Is it have no other gods before me except with your politics? Is it have no other gods before me except politics because I don't really care about politics. I only care about the family and the church and your heart. No. (laughs) No, there's a lot of Christians that think that, unfortunately even if they don't live perfectly consistent with that bad theology. But God says, have no other gods before me. If you're the president, have no other gods before me. If you're a senator, have no other gods before me. If you're a city council, have no other gods before me. Would it be right for them to say, okay, we'll let a Muslim have some say. We'll let a Hindu have some say. We'll let a Christian have some say. Everybody gets to have some say. That's just another way of saying all the gods get a seat at the table. What religion is that? Uh, what? Secularism? Well, yes, it's secularism, but polytheism? polytheism is the correct answer. That's right. It's polytheism. It's political polytheism. A lot of Christians believe in political polytheism, but they believe in monotheism, monotheism over their family and their church. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But when I go to my office downtown and I serve on the a zoning commission board, uh, we don't serve God. We serve a plurality of gods. I don't think we, that can work. I just don't think that can work. That's why early in our country, there was, um, in the various states, there were tests to hold office. You had to be a professing Christian. You had to be a member of a church. Right? Now, should we tolerate different denominations of Christianity? Yeah. Yes, yes, we should tolerate. And, and actually, in church history, they should have done a better job, I think, of tolerating other denominations. And I think we've learned some lessons for that. But um, that's something hard to answer. Like, if we were to run a society, what would we tolerate? What would we not tolerate? Uh, would we tolerate uh, drag queens? At, uh, no. In fact, we shouldn't do that now. The sheriff should go and arrest those groomers and uh, remove them from the premises and threaten them with prison time if they don't stop. That should just be happening right now, immediately. Um, but, of course, we, d- we have very few um, people with backbones serving in office these days. So, anyway, um, was Jesus tolerant? We're almost done here, but just a few more questions. Was Jesus tolerant? Yes. Some of you say yes. Some of you say no. Yes, to some extent. Flip some tables over. Certainly not tolerant of the false teachers. That's right. I don't know, like, their weaknesses. 
He said the yeah. flesh is willing. No, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is willing. He was tolerant with people's weaknesses. Uh, he was tolerant with repentant sinners. Was he tolerant with Peter's uh, lack of faith and little faith and his sins even? Oh, uh, yeah. So after he repented. Yeah. Was he tolerant of his disciples' ignorance? Yeah. Yeah. He knew they didn't understand. Uh, the Bible says over and over again that they didn't understand what he was talking about. All right? Um, he still had the Lord's Supper with them. Still let them, quote, come to church, so to speak. He was tolerant. Did he tolerate little children? Mm-hmm. That's right. He said, let the little children come to me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. You know, a lot of people don't tolerate children in church. Make them go off to, uh, you know, the Xbox room or whatever. <clears throat> And I do think, um, as far as tolerance, the big picture is we need to be tolerant like Jesus. Tolerate what he tolerates and don't tolerate what he doesn't tolerate. And how can we know precisely what he tolerates and what he doesn't tolerate? The Bible. In particular, what portion of the Bible? The law. That's right. Uh, The law in the New Testament or the law in the Old Testament? Or both? Both. Amen. All scripture is profitable for correction, especially the law. So we have to remember that. All right. Well, um... Let's see if there's anything else. No, that's it. All right, we're done.